Hi, I'm Kate Spina. This is Toward Light, Practical Buddhism for the Modern World. Each week I explore ways to apply these timeless teachings to our daily life. Hi, welcome to episode 28 of the Toward Light podcast. A brief note that this will be the last episode before a fall hiatus, and new episodes will resume November 11th. My topic for today is Anicca impermanence. I talked about that in the previous episode where I was talking about death, right? That's a form of impermanence. But I want to look at impermanence in general as a broad topic, as a key aspect of the teachings. The reason this came up for me, or one of the reasons, is I was listening to a Dharma talk from 2013 by one of my teachers, and they were telling a story about a three-year-old. And so that three-year-old would be 10 right now. So in my mind, as I'm listening to that talk, I'm imagining that three-year-old and she's fixed in my mind, but she has grown and changed and become something different. That image, that story, that's just one layer, one moment, one capture. But our mind so often fixates things, calcifies them, to try and make meaning. So impermanence has been on my mind. Anicca is part of the three marks of existence, which are Anicca, Dukkha, and Anatta. Things are impermanent, things can be difficult, and there's no sort of fixed self. The teacher and author Ruth King puts this in such a beautiful way. She says, life isn't personal, permanent, or perfect. And so while I'm going to be talking about Anicca today, these other two aspects, both Dukkha and Anatta, will weave through because it's hard not to talk about them together. Often the tradition of Buddhism that I practice in the West is referred to as insight meditation. And we can sometimes think of the insight being, oh, I figured out what I'm going to say to this friend or, oh, what I'm going to do for a living. But the insight that it really points to is this insight into the truth of things, the insight into impermanence, being able to truly see and witness impermanence as a thread throughout every aspect of our lives. I got married over the weekend. Super happy about that. And it's very interesting to get married, to make a commitment to somebody knowing the truth of Anicca. This is life, right? Is that we know the truth, we know that things are impermanent, and still we make choices anyway. We don't let the truth of Anicca stop us from connecting, from growing, from creating. We take jobs, we book plane tickets, we get married, and jobs end, trips get canceled, people get divorced. How do we meet the reality of Anicca while also living our lives? A piece of it is the intention underneath our actions. I've talked about wise intention before. The tenets of wise intention in Buddhism are that the intentions that underlie our actions should come from a place of non-harming, from letting go, and from goodwill. So if I take a new job, I show up, I've picked the job because I think it's a a place where I'm not going to cause harm. The company's not causing harm. I am letting go of my expectations of what exactly the job is going to look like. 
and I'm entering this new commitment with an attitude of goodwill that my heart and mind are are ready to do the work and to accept this job and to accept the things that come along with the job. And at some point, maybe that job becomes harmful to me or to others, or I can no longer do it from a place of goodwill. And then that job ends. But my intention as I make a commitment, whether it's to a job or to whatever, is to make sure that I'm not causing harm, that I'm letting go, and that I'm coming from a place of goodwill. Another thing that we can do with this reality of Anicca is we can be really careful with our speech. So even in our wedding vows this weekend, there was a clarity of our commitment to one another and an acceptance that we both are going to change, our relationship is going to change. There was a real emphasis on growth and adaptation and flexibility and patience. We don't expect the relationship to stay the same. We don't expect each other to stay the same. So we're not using words like forever or have to or permanent or any of that. We're We used words that were flexible and adaptable while still committing to our our love for each other. This really important thing that we need to do when we're looking at Anicca and we're looking at making commitments in our life is we need to look at how we might be attached to certain outcomes. I don't know how many of you had trips scheduled at the onset of COVID. I had a few scheduled that I had to cancel. And when I booked that ticket, I wasn't thinking, oh, well, maybe this could get canceled or maybe not. Like I was just like, oh, that's what I'm going to do. And so I was pretty fixed on that outcome. But when it came time to cancel the flight, I did see that I was able to let that go and say, okay, the conditions have changed. I can't do this trip anymore. That's okay. So this is something that we can all look at is is when something gets canceled or changed, how devastated or upset are we? And if there's some level of real upset there, real devastation, then we get to look at, oh, what was I holding on to? Where was my expectation? What could I maybe do differently next time? Yesterday, I had several things on my to-do list that I felt like had to get done, and I woke up not feeling well physically and hadn't slept well. And so I watched my mind say, well, but you said you were going to do these things and you have to. So I was attached to some sort of outcome. And then I was able to say, no, like that's actually not true. You can rest today. You can take care of yourself. You can do some tasks that don't carry so much mental weight. So I was able to get things accomplished, get things done, and still it wasn't what I had planned. And that was okay. I was accepting the truth of impermanence that what I wanted the day to look like and what it could look like were two very different things. So we own the reality of a Nietzsche, we see it, and we live our lives. We make sure our intentions are clear, our speech is clear and honest, and we make sure we're not holding on to any specific expectations. The other reason that a Nietzsche is so up in my mind right now is because we are putting everything in storage and going to travel for several months. And so there's the obvious impermanence of things going into boxes and donating things and all of that. 
But there's also this piece around, I'm a creature of habit. I like routine. And so I've been really in a routine in my life here. And that routine is going to change. And so how can I be accepting of that? How can I notice that things are going to change and that I can prioritize what feels important to me, like my daily meditation practice and my daily exercise? But it may not look like the way that I've been used to it looking like. In a Dharma talk, I heard Andrea Fella talk about going to the Peace Corps and she was on the plane and she didn't know anything about the country she was going to really or what her situation was going to be like and how her mind like just kind of went blank. Like it almost didn't know what to do. It didn't know how to plan. And I watched that when my mind goes to, okay, what's going to happen when we're in Mexico? My mind goes to the last Airbnb that I stayed at in Mexico. Like I imagine that everywhere I stay is going to look like that. And that's simply because the mind is trying to fixate. The mind is trying to make meaning. The mind is trying to find some level of stability. That's just what the mind does. Matthew Brensilver says, opening to impermanence actually requires some foundation of stability. Because of the ways that our minds are wired as being a you know survival system, it's hard for the mind to allow things to just all be impermanent. There's this kind of constant seeking for some sort of stability. I've watched it with many of the Buddhist retreat centers being closed now. And when I plan my next retreat in my mind, I want it to look like how it does at IMS or at Spirit Rock or IRC. And I just don't know. I don't know what my next retreat will look like. I've done one self-retreat now, but it may not look like that either. So can I rest in the stability of my practice and the stability of my moment-to-moment awareness? And can that allow me to then open to this truth of impermanence? It can be helpful to do some reflecting on Anicca when things feel super unstable. Like for me right now, I've moved many times. And so this feels uncomfortable and I hate having things in boxes and I hate making decisions about what to keep and what to get rid of. And I hate selling furniture on Craigslist and blah, blah, blah. But I've done this before. This passes. I know that. And so there's a real kind of level of faith, right? Is that when we actually see how frequently impermanence is occurring and that everything is impermanent, it no longer seems like such a big deal when things are changing, when the more obvious changes are happening, because everything's changing all the time. So we can just have faith that this is nature, this is is life. Because it's the water that we swim in, the air we breathe, we often don't see impermanence. Uh, We don't always honor endings and beginnings. We're the ones that we do. Some of us have not been able to do that right now. As folks have been dying, depending on where you live, what the regulations are, many people have not been able to gather for a funeral or a memorial. Many people who've graduated high school or college didn't get to have a a marking of that, a celebration. And we can see the sadness in that. We can see that there's something missing there, that we're not getting to honor those endings or those transitions. Babies are born and 
You know, they don't get to meet their grandparents or have a bunch of people in the room. And again, endings are happening all the time. So there is this piece where we can do more honoring in our day-to-day lives or we can pay more attention in small ways. When I reach into the fridge and open a new half and half, that's a transition, that's a beginning. Then when we've used that container up and I'm throwing it away, that's an ending. When we step into a new apartment for the first time or close the door for the last time, pick something up or put it down, feel happy, feel sad, feel angry, desperately want something, and then months later can't even remember how badly you wanted those shoes or sunglasses or whatever. Can we take some time to pay attention to those transitions, to those arisings and passings away? Bhante G says, every mental state has a birth, a growth, and a decay. You, su- you should strive to see those stages clearly. So when I woke up yesterday morning and I noticed I wasn't feeling well, the mental state that arose was frustration because I wasn't going to be able to get things done. And that frustration built for a little while. And then I was able to sort of rearrange my expectations for myself And that frustration began to dissipate and then went away. By the time I went to bed last night, it wasn't there at all. Can we witness those stages? And sometimes it's easier to do it in retrospect. It's easy for me to look back on yesterday and notice how that changed for myself. By seeing the truth of impermanence, we're less likely to cling so tightly when things change. We're more able to be with life as it changes. We're less run by greed and aversion, the pushing away and the grasping toward. We're more able to accept ourselves and our other and others as we grow. We can meet life with an open-handed posture rather than a tight fist. By seeing the truth of impermanence, we break through a level of delusion. We can no longer live in ignorance of endings and transitions and beginnings. We can honor cycles. We can be more adaptable. Lama Willa B. Miller says, true refuge can't be found without a falling away of our false sense of security. This delusion that things are fixed or that everything's safe all the time, that delusion needs to fade away so that we can honor the truth of life as it truly is. Lama Rod Owen says, I do the things that I do because I know I can die at any second. I experience suffering when I forget my impermanence. Living in the delusion of immortality gets in the way of living our lives. By seeing the truth of impermanence, we have the opportunity to bring our presence to each moment, knowing that it, it is enough. Pascal O'Claire says, The description of happiness in Buddhism is actually the capacity that we have to meet reality as it is with all the fluctuations. This is happiness. However you can access the truth of impermanence, however you can see it in your life, that is the insight this practice is pointing to, witnessing the arising and passing away of the breath, or witnessing a life and a death of a human. However we can see this truth, That's how we're going to break through the greed, hatred, and delusion. And that's what's going to allow us to see clearly and to access some freedom. Thank you so much for your presence. And I will be back with new episodes on November 11th. 
Thank you so much for listening. The links are in our show notes. You can find me on Instagram at towardlight108 and the website is towardlight.net. If you have any questions or feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Be well.